Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. September 11, 2017, we have a Monday Night Raw to talk about. It was, well, the first two and a half hours seemed like it maybe meant something. Outside of that, not so much. But uh, they, had, they had quite the billing to live up to, given how extreme tomorrow's events will be between uh, SmackDown Live, May Young Classic. A reminder... Tomorrow's podcast goes live right after the May Young Classic. We'll be talking about those finals. But tonight, I am joined by Alex Palowski, associate editor of Fightful.com. Alex, how are you? Man, The Miz is in for a tough battle. These these four hours of sleep a night things, it catches up with you after seven months. Being a dad is hard. <laughs> I don't ever want to find out. Never. Listen, I, I said I was going to do it once, and that's it. <laughs> I don't care how much she begs me for a baby sister. She's not getting one. Oh, man. Guys, we want to encourage you to comment on YouTube as much as possible. Head over there. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Uh, good, bad. Let us know your thoughts on us. We want to hear about it over at our YouTube. We're trying that out, seeing how much more interactive we can get. And, of course, you can find all these podcasts at Fightful.com and FightfulPods.com. We have all kinds of exclusive news, photos, videos, results, forums, anything that you could want in a wrestling, MMA, or boxing website, you can find over at Fightful.com. If you're not going there for your news, I don't know what you're doing. But uh, definitely go over there, show that some love. And head over to the YouTube and just go crazy on the comments section. We want uh, tons of them over there. We want to hear from you. We want questions from you about these segments as they go on. Uh, we will also answer those as well. And, of course, if this is your first time ever tuning into the Fightful Podcast, thank you very much. Uh, you can also check out our flagship Holy Smokes MMA podcast Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and the list and your boy. 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays, as well as our post-pay-per-view and SmackDown shows. 
But they didn't waste much time getting into this program, Alex. Uh, Jason Jordan, Roman Reigns, it was a natural progression. I, we, we talked about this last week. They had to go here. After Roman Reigns kind of clowned John Cena for, for being in the ring that long with Jason Jordan, this was the right way to go, and, and it paid off. Yeah, it wasn't a formal beat-the-clock challenge. But, you know, it's the it's spirit. It's in the spirit. Uh, and I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm telling you, there's there's no way to to get over more in two straight losses than than Jason Jordan has. If they if they give this guy some semblance of a character, like you know, wouldn't it be nice to see him do this kind of stuff in matches that matter on pay per views? But um, I think the, I think these two matches have mattered. I think they oh, mattered more to right. Roman Reigns and John Cena, but. I think he comes out smelling like roses in this situation. Like, it's not often you can lose five matches in a row and come out better, and he's done that. Right. Um, and when I say matter, I mean, like, fighting for the Intercontinental title or something, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a, a match on Raw that, I mean, if he won, it would have showered him with great play, praise, but there would have, there's nothing really at stake. So I thought them I, pumping the brakes on the Intercontinental title thing was good, though, because everybody knew that he was a hand-picked oh, guy, and they they were rejecting it. But right. when he lost to Finn Balor, and he got pinned by The Miz, and he got last eliminated by Jeff Hardy, he didn't look bad in those matches, but he didn't win those matches. And that goes a long way. That goes a really, really long way, because yeah. you can see that he can hang with these guys right. from a kayfabe perspective, yeah. but he's just not there yet. The, the only problem I have with this is that it gives Vince McMahon ammunition for the old, well, you know how you get the baby face over, right? You have him lose 10 times in a row, hmm. which is what they're doing with Sami Zayn on SmackDown, and it ain't working with Sami Zayn. Um, there's, in, in special situations, depending on who he's losing to, Jason Jordan losing close matches, long matches to John Cena – and Roman Reigns in back-to-back weeks is very different than Sami Zayn getting flash rolled up by Aiden English and Mike Kanellis. So you have to use this kind of thing right. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic is basically what I will say in these types of situations. But I like where this is going, and I, I love what Jason Jordan does in the ring. That rolling Northern Light suplex thing is – nuts it's great now you brought up Sami Zayn. i don't think he ever gets hurt in a loss and they want way different things out of those two guys right uh, Sami no, Zayn will be that guy until eventually he is the guy that they want to put over as the guy who's worked really really hard but hasn't ever gotten what he deserves and maybe gets a run that way rain's demeanor in this match kicked ass i don't know how anybody sees him as a straight up baby face at this point wwe has really embraced shades of gray and I think it's helped so much with these top programs, yeah. with the Reigns versus John Cena, with the Reigns versus Strowman, with Reigns versus Undertaker, Reigns versus everybody pretty much, uh, Strowman versus Lesnar. It's helped there as well. Miz versus everybody he's been working with lately as well. There was the top, like Jason Jordan shot for a single leg on Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns shucked it off and was just like, like gave him this condescending look that I thought was really, really great. Uh, Jordan connected with a great belly-to-belly suplex. Reigns answered with one of his own. Later on, Jordan hits a capture suplex, a Saito suplex, those rolling suplexes. 
Jordan is a really great contrast of styles that I love being thrown in with Cena and Reigns because you can see it on their face. You can see it in their work. Like that they're up for the challenge. And Roman Reigns really, really was tonight. I thought he had the better of the two matches against Jason Jordan. Well, yeah, I, I, I would say that too. I, I think that John Cena is largely a performer who hits his beats even in different kinds of matches. And Reigns, Reigns for, for everything that you know, people don't – I certainly have had my qualms with his character in the past. I've never said the guy was bad in the ring. So he's 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 a he's a good he's a good guy at, at doing all these things. He could really work really well alongside somebody like Jason Jordan. It's really fun to watch Roman Reigns get surprised by somebody in the ring because he comes in thinking he's the hot she's hot shit and no one can touch him. And then when he gets surprised by some of the things that Jordan can do, that's that's an interesting story to tell. I love the bookend of the match with Reigns refusing the handshake to start with and mm-hmm. offering a hand after the match. That's a really good storytelling there. Um, and I agree with you. I don't see how anyone who is of a certain age could look at Roman Reigns and say, that guy's baby face. But I know eight-year-olds still do. And that kind of worries me, that they think that's how the good guy is supposed to act. I don't know if, if you need a straight heel and baby face anymore. But when you're, when you're really marketing a lot of your product to children... That's that's the only thing I think is that it can be kind of. I have a few things that, about that I'm not sure really that I that I love because I know that when I when I walk down the aisle at Target in uh, at WWE, WWE figures on the wall uh, and the people are buying them, all the kids want to be Roman Reigns, and if they want to be the guy who's too good to shake your hand, that's not really teaching them how to be sportsmanlike. But who cares? Maybe he's supposed to lose that from Sesame Street, I guess. Uh, a couple of production notes. Reigns' corner clotheslines still look really bad. And WWE production make his leaping clotheslines look bad too until they show the replay. Because they always show the replay from like the other end. Like f- facing the opponent's back and Reigns just running over them. And that looks really, really good. Uh, afterwards, John Cena comes out after uh, Reigns shakes Jordan's hand. Makes fun of Reigns for calling uh, Jordan a rookie. I saw some people that crapped on this promo, but I, if, if you're going this route with John Cena and Roman Reigns where they're throwing zingers at each other, I don't see how it's any better or worse than anything else. I enjoyed it more than each of them, but mainly because I had a reason to tweet Chris Harrington and Brandon Howard and say, is this true when Roman Reigns said that John Cena hasn't been selling tickets the last five years and he has been. I think a lot of people wanted this kind of storyline with Reigns. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to have a guy who was in the same spot 12 years ago saying all these things. Yeah, it's it's odd. I there's There seems to be a, a meta fatigue. Like this whole, like, we're going to talk about your failed drug test because, ooh, it's edgy. That we're bringing this up on TV. Well, that is part of it, man. That is part of it. That's right, that's what right. it gets over. What I'm saying is, I don't necessarily how know how I feel about it, but I know how the people who are crapping on this feel, and they're like, okay, we get it. You're bringing up all the stuff that the IWC talks about on. Let's not, on, let's not use that term. Everybody has the internet. I, I understand, but I'm saying I'm in quotes. But that's uh-huh. what that's what these people, these quote unquote smarks, are talking about. 
We're going to put that in the What promo. do you mean, these people? Exactly. What do you mean, these people? What I'm saying is that what I've seen on my Twitter timeline is people who are tired of this are saying, we get it. You know what we're talking about on Twitter because somebody's paying attention. That's cool and all, but could you guys just wrestle? Like, and and I, I guess I don't understand if, like, if you're talking about it this much on, on Twitter, don't you want to see that reflected in, in the promo? And if you don't, well, then don't talk about it that much. They won't be talking about it. If but for decades, we've been told that this is how two top guys, one may be afraid to lose his spot, act right. in response to such a thing. Right. They right. politic. The only difference is they're politicking on camera and they're doing it in a manner – I don't think they're insulting the viewer's intelligence by saying this stuff. And I, I like that. Right. Um, and, you know, I did a, a little piece for the uh, for Fightful this weekend about how this, this kind of stuff would seem much more at home in the Attitude Era. Like these, these, these you know, jibes back and forth. Uh, and now, it, after coming out of the PG era into this... Um, it, it seems it's shocking to have like, oh, hey, this, these two guys who are super over, you know, with a certain segment of the crowd as being baby faces, one guy calling each other a bitch, and the other guy, you know, making comments about a zipper being down. It's well, all very different now than it I like that. Been. I like that. Now, I, I hated for a good period when I thought that TNA was legitimately the best programming on national television about a decade ago uh, as it pertains to pro wrestling. They had to dial it back in WWE. Once you've got women rubbing their buttholes in each other's faces and people getting doused with beer and people getting like a, a drunk man being thrown off of a Titan Tron yeah. and all this stuff. At, at what point, how can you get it? You know, you got to dial it back. And that's what they right. did for, right. for nearly a decade. So now when, when they see, you see this, it does have more of an edge to it. It does have more to it than usual. And it really, it looked like Reigns and Cena really enjoyed throwing these zingers at each other. It looked like they loved it. They're loving it. Um, uh, The one comment I did say, I did see was um, you don't sell as many tickets as I do. Is not an insult that makes me want to watch a wrestling match. And I get, I I, fine. Okay. That's cool. Um, And my, my whole thing is that I don't think I like this as much as you did mainly because it's the third week in the row of this, and I kind of if if their match at No Mercy had happened six days after the first one of these, I'd be all about it. But I know they're going to have another one next week, and it's just like okay, I've I've seen all of these. The video package before their match on at No Mercy when they play that and it runs the highlights of all these, that's going to be dope. But right now, over and over and over again, I feel like I've just kind of gotten the gist of it. And they're not bad, but I've just I've I've seen enough of it in three weeks in a row. You gotta say, I thought the best line in the whole situation wasn't even the drug test line. I thought the line where Roman Reigns said, "If you want to get into Hollywood so bad, I know a guy." I was like, that was yeah. a good underrated one. Obviously, that guy is Jeep Swenson, who was in WCW mm-hmm. and played Bane and Batman forever. That was the guy. R.I.P. Jeep Swenson. He actually died uh, 20 years ago last month. R.I.P. Never forget. 
Up next, Sasha Banks and Emma, they were put in an unenviable position. Oh, speaking of never forget, WDB ran a 9-11 package. What do you think about that? Tasteful. Uh, I, I was really glad that that was it, and they didn't make it uh, a thing for the rest of the night uh, because they easily could have. They put up all kinds of videos yeah. on their YouTube from the first show they did after 9-11 of like Booker T and Kurt Angle and people like talking to the camera and saying what it meant to them and all this kind of stuff. So that's all out there and kind of interesting, like walk down memory lane uh, for that. Uh, but I was glad that they did it tastefully and then moved on. I honestly feared a John Cena rah-rah patriotism promo, um, but I was glad that they didn't make it into that. So um, yeah, it was good. I liked it. I mean, they, they've done that thing where they, they portray like Vince as this American hero because he came out in a button up shirt, short sleeve shirt and did that. And because they, they had the first assembly and that, that was kind of cool. They did have like the first public assembly of that kind, but I thought it was very tasteful in the way that they handled it. Uh, Sasha and Emma, they were put in a tough spot after raw came in that hot with that match and that promo. And they started off really fast. They let Nia come out with no leather on, Alex. They let Nia come out in her civvies, in her regular street clothes, and she looked great. Dressed like a human. She, she looked wonderful. Dressed like a human. Here's the thing. She was in a fashion show over the weekend. This woman is a former model, and the fact that they, they put her in this ridiculous, like, post-apocalyptic leather getup for her, like, they're not, she's not allowed to show any real figure or be be sensual in any way when the rest of them are just dripping with it. It's nice for her to come out and just look like a regular woman. And 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 she's even intimidating in that getup. So I liked that a lot. So over the last month, Emma has went from having a, her old theme to her new bad theme to her new less bad theme to no theme at all. So maybe they haven't exactly settled on that quite yet. Yeah, I guess not. We saw the return of the Emma sandwich. I was happy with that. Yes. But it hurts me in the heart as a guy who who got to train under Billy Robinson to hear his double underhook suplex called as, oh, yeah, it makes me real, real sad. This was a good short match. Emma loses. She was never given a chance on commentary or really anything. But I thought this was fine. This was a good fast-paced match. They knew that they didn't have a lot of time. Yeah, there are two um, two possible outcomes for their fatal four-way uh, on uh, no, no Mercy. Either Emma takes the pin, or in a gigantic swerve, she somehow wins. Because she's being made out on commentary, uh, and in this match, tapping out to, to clean to Sasha Banks, um, to be like, she doesn't really belong in this match anyway. Um, which is... Maybe even maybe true, but it's certainly not true in reality. In kayfabe, it might be, but um, uh, they certainly do not take her as seriously as the other three women in this match. And my point is, if you're not going to take her seriously as a possibility to win the match, why is she in the match? Unless you're trying to swerve us that she has no chance and she somehow steals the pin and transitions it back to somebody else. Um, because I don't think they're going to give her a long women's title run if she ever gets one i don't think she will somebody i see getting a long women's title run is a lady named oscar alex yeah she's debuted on raw poor smackdown 
Yeah, poor SmackDown, man. Um, listen, I don't understand what's up with SmackDown. The women's division. Like, you have Natty as the champ, which is like the definition of a yawn. And, you know, you, you're, you're doing this Naomi match tomorrow night, which I have high hopes for. It could be good. But loaded evening of wrestling tomorrow. Loaded evening of wrestling. Um, but Charlotte and Becky, who are, to, to my mind, not only your two most talented people to watch in the ring, but the two most entertaining people uh, in that division can't get on TV. Um, I was I was really hoping for an Oscar Becky Lynch program just because of the way Becky Lynch reacted to Oscar doing the disarmor at the last most recent takeover match. I thought that could have been really fun. Um, but my hope is that is that Oscar is continued to be booked as this unstoppable force. I want her to hold both belts at the same time. I want it to be like this, this. She just goes from brand to brand, wreaking havoc. Like I want, I don't want this thing. She comes in and whoops, roll up. Alexa Bliss has defeated Asuka. Like I don't, I don't need that. I want her to be as dominant on the main roster she was in NXT until it's time for her to lose in a really, really big spot. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Obviously, we'll see what happens with the May Young Classic tomorrow night. You got Kyrie Sane against Shayna Baszler. Four Horsewomen implications, Ronda Rousey implications. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Alexa and Nia are having a match next week. It will be their first outside of that that DQ ending in June. So, really, this is what WWE does, though. They mm-hmm. have first time evers and they end in DQs and stuff, and then they can't go back to that. You know, you know. But, hey, Asuka is going to help out that division. I just – there are a lot of women that I have no clue what they're doing with. And SmackDown already has too little time and too many people to get on the show as is. But there's – like last year when everybody thought that their women's division was going to struggle, it didn't. It exceeded expectations and over-delivered. And now it's really hurting. Yeah. Now it needs something. Charlotte's nowhere to be found. Becky, nowhere to be found. And it's it's kind of hurt things. Uh, Brock, Braun, Heyman. Heyman cuts his usual promo, welcomes Braun Strowman out. Strowman obliges and gets suplexed by Lesnar. Braun immediately stands up and Lesnar's facial expression makes the entire segment. Mm-hmm. I've said this before. You can tell how much Brock Lesnar likes a guy based on how much he gives them. And he just, he put the world in his pocket, pulled it out and handed it to Braun Strowman tonight. That's what he did. How do you think that Brock Lesnar feels considering that a few years ago he came in and he was working with John Cena, nothing against him, Triple H and putting over Triple H, CM Punk, Nothing wrong with CM Punk, but I mean, I'm just saying comparatively. An old, old, old Undertaker who got concussed during their match. Later on, they had much better things going on. Mm -hmm. And now, today, he's working with Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe. These dudes that just love to give it right back to him. That love to get hit and just give it right back to him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I keep thinking about that really weird match he had with Orton at last SummerSlam. There's another one of them. You know, and it was just like, watch, uh, remember watching going, uh, oh, okay. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like, I don't know. It, it didn't feel right watching it. It just felt off. And then the, the weird finish with the, with the, you know, busting open with the elbows. I just I want him to try that with Braun Strowman and have, and have Lesnar's elbow break on his forehead or something. Just, just something ridiculous that, uh, but um, I, I, to answer your question, I think he loves being in the ring with a dude who can give it back to him because it makes him feel like he's alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one of those dudes who just like, if I'm not getting hit so I can feel it, it's boring. Like if yeah. he feels like one of those types. And uh, I, I'm, I mean, I'm this whole segment was, was excellent. I mean, I don't remember what Heyman said, but who cares at this point? He's like, said, let's fight tonight. And Braun said, we're I. Yeah, we're but the thing is, is that sometimes it requires Paul Heyman's m- magic to get us extra hyped for a match with Braun with Brock Lesnar. It is not nothing is required. Paul Heyman could come out and say, "Hi, I'm Paul Heyman. This is Brock Lesnar. You want to see Braun versus Brock? Oh, you do. Great, my job's done here. Like, because that's that's it. Like, we already want to see it. Um, yeah." I can't think of a one-on-one match I'm more that I've ever been more hyped for. Even though I'm pretty sure I know who's going to win, and uh, okay, but still the match. I can't wait for what they're going to do in this match because you got Braun no selling a German suplex, and uh, I, 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 I that was great. That was a great, great moment, all-time classic. Loved it. A lot of people don't like the no sells. I think when it's done with a guy like Braun Strowman. Or it's done with a guy like The Undertaker. It fits. It doesn't always have to be a giant big dude. Maybe just a dude you look at and you're like, he could cast a spell on me. Yeah. Or he could break me in half and make liquid fall out of my ass and make me think he casted a spell on me. So Uh he fits that bill. Another thing I like about Braun Strowman, the running power slam, the choke slam, the reverse choke slam, the, the basically standing arm triangle. He's gotten all those moves over, yeah. like whether he uses them as a finish or he just beats a guy up with them. Yeah. That's smart. One thing that I honestly thought for a second that they might have done is, uh, you know, Big Show now out with the hip surgery they announced today. He already needed it before the match last week, but they're blaming that match and the post-match attack for the hip surgery. Um, I thought when he gave Brock the choke slam, I was like, are they passing that torch over to, to Braun? That's what they did. Because um, I'd love well, the oh, idea. Oh, no, no. Sorry. The, the, I, I, meant to, I meant to bring this up. I was told in the middle of last week that that was kind of a big show swan song. I didn't know he was going to have surgery. But they said that was kind of a swan song because they don't know if he would even be able to be back before his contract is up. Right. Uh, which is up before WrestleMania next year. And they said, well, did you see the way that he was written off TV? And I was like, well, what do you mean? And you go back and you think of his first WWE appearance. Yeah. It was him throwing a guy through a cage. Yeah. Like that was, you know, I think it was kind of poetic the way that they ended things with Big Show. In arguably one of the best matches he's ever had in his entire life. Yep. At 40-something years old. Yeah. It was beautiful. And um, if this is the end of the Big Show – 
you know, I don't do I think that we'll never see him again? No, absolutely no. not. I don't think that's the case. No. He'll show up and choke slam a guy. Like I've said before, you give me a Kane and Big Show as the modern day APA where they just show up and double choke slam an act that's getting old. Yeah. I'll I'll eat it up. But we've not seen Kane all year either. No. That that's gonna be a weird thing to come to grips with. It won't be hard to come to grips with it. No. But I mean the guys have been there for 20 yeah. years yeah. in this scene. It's weird. You had this monumental retirement of The Undertaker uh, at, at WrestleMania. And meanwhile, Kane, who, you know, is a former WWE champion, like has a storied long history with the company. I'm going to go run for mayor. Like we haven't seen him since like Survivor Series time of last year. There was no send off for him at all. He was just injured, then never came back. And he's running for mayor. And if he wins, I don't think he's ever coming back. So um, it was weird to never have one last moment with him and The Undertaker. You know, I guess they had that one weird one when Undertaker came back for Survivor Series and said, SmackDown is my home. And that's why when I come back, I'm moving to Raw or whatever he said. Um but there's nothing there, and then Big Show, not a retirement match, just a retirement moment. Um, it would be cool to see all three of those dudes in the ring choke slamming people one last time. If there's like a a heel upstart, a you know three man band of three guys, yeah, exactly. That would mean a lot more today than it would have uh, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, it would. Was it? Did they do that at Raw 1000? Was that three man band? Yeah, it might have been. I don't know. They, Raw 1000 was just about punishing younger acts with older. Oh come on! Now. That that Heath Slater stuff that he was doing, yeah, that was awesome. That was, was great. Was, I would love to see James Ellsworth open challenge that resulted in him just getting his ass kicked all the time. Like <laughs> you see the type of shape Razor Ramon's in, Scott Hall. You bring Razor Ramon out there with the music and the oh. old beer, and he hits the razor's edge on James Ellsworth because you know he can get him up. Right. James uh, Ellsworth, I don't have a problem with James Ellsworth getting buried like that. It's the other guys that I have a problem with getting buried like that. I don't have uh, yeah. a problem I, anymore. If they make the best of it, I don't have a problem with anybody doing it because we saw what happened in Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. That's true. And honestly, last year outside of the Nexus – was the best Heath Slater's run has ever been. Yeah. Which, you know, that that's kind of a shame that, you know, he's not being used at all. But, oh, well. Bray Wyatt appears on the screen, cuts a promo on Goldust. All of his promos are, you ain't what you say you are, man. Um, so, Goldust turned heel on R-Truth. Eh. And then he had weeks and weeks and weeks and months of promos where he was sitting in a director's chair with his back to the audience and turned over his shoulder to talk to us about the golden age and stuff. And then he fought R-Truth a couple of times. And then he said he was going to have the next chapter of the golden era. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply at SummerSlam, and that never happened, and now he's a babyface again, and I just want to know, what the hell's going on? <laughs> like, this was just, I was so psyched for heel gold dust singles run, and and now he's a dude getting his face paint wiped off. Yeah, we ain't getting that. Uh, he missed a boot by a mile, and Bray sold it anyway, and then yeah. he almost kills Wyatt with a somersault senton off the apron. <laughs> That's that's got to be his his version of the of the Big Show elbow drop. I don't remember the last time I saw a Gold Dust somersault sent on. Uh, that was fun. I tweeted if you asked Gold Dust to do the Joey Janela Leo Rush spot, he'd find a way to get it done. Yeah, he would. Um, I would be super into a Bray Wyatt versus Gold Dust program that le- led to Bray Wyatt and Gold Dust like coming to an understanding and becoming weird creepy heels together new but like a new never, like ever, a modern ever, day wyatt ever, family i would be okay with that like they're, they're never ever ever going to do that right and they didn't it was a one-off thing where bray wyatt got to be mean to gold dust i just want to say how funny is it that of all the members of wyatt family braun Strowman, yeah <laughs> was the yeah. one that's yeah I, eric rowan and Lynn, uh, luke harper can't get on tv and Bray Eric Wyatt Rowan has improved a lot too. Yes, yes. Yeah, and He's like, a lot better. Luke Harper was wrestling for a shot at the WWE title at WrestleMania, and he uh, he's absent. Oh yeah, absent. Yep. Well, Goldust didn't get it done in this match. He lost, got his face paint wiped off. I thought that was kind of clever to put Wyatt in there and just say he's just a man. Yada yada. Finn Balor, <laughs> they're promoting this match as man to man. Like this Finn have to like leave the lights on and shit in this match. I like, love it. I love it. Like you're not allowed to use the projector, Bray. Yeah, yeah. not in this match. No remember, arms. Remember last month when it was the Eater of Worlds versus the Demon? Well, this month we're pulling out all the stops. And it's a guy versus a dude. <laughs> okay. Much, much better. Much. much better. Balor makes the save. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus cut a promo backstage. I don't know how I felt about it. They said some stuff. I don't know, man. And the Good Brothers would be much better served as baby faces or heels with Balor or something. And I've said this a million times. you got to rehabilitate this the, these guys. And it's not tough to do. It's right. three or four weeks. They run into an authority figure or Finn Balor and say, what the hell's going on with you? You're being paid a lot of money and you suck. Mm-hmm. Then you have them beat every, all the lower level teams like Miz Taraj or Heath Slater and Rhino, Titus Worldwide, whatever. Then you probably give them a good win against the Hardys and they're, they're back. They're established again, at least better than they are now. Kurt Angle books an eight-man tag main event. Hardy boys uh, – 
join Ambrose and Rollins. We'll talk about that later, even though I don't know why. <laughs> what else we got here? Elias, I do, I do, want, to say, I do want to say one thing that Seamus's uh, aviator sunglasses are fantastic and uh, yeah. make, make me think of Top Gun and the volleyball scene in Top Gun. Uh, and now I just want to see a Seamus and Cesaro versus uh, Ambrose and Rollins playing beach volleyball in slow motion while playing with the boys plays in the background of the soundtrack. Because I'm Elias weird. performs a song. He's becoming quite the guitarist. Kalisto, who is definitely a victim of the talent boom, especially the, the signings of WWE and not having enough spots for all of them. He interrupts Elias' song because, of course, he does. That's what always happens. They have a good back-and-forth match. Not sure what the direction is for Elias. He's one of those guys who has a character that I'm not sure WWE even expected to be this hot. Like, I don't think they, they saw this. I think it's very much like a dashing Cody Rhodes or a Bad News Barrett situation where they're over. Like, he could do something with them, but they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Do we like him? But do we like him that much? Right. Um, yeah. Him. I love that he says, "I'm going to sing the song for you," and the the whole song builds him just saying, "Anaheim sucks" over and over again. Should, <laughs> which is true. Like it's true. Like if you've been to Anaheim, it, it, it sucks. I'm sorry, everybody lives in Anaheim. It sucks. Um, it's amazing how much better he is on the main roster. Yeah. Um, but he was interrupted. And of course, it's interrupted by Kalisto's new-ish music, um, which just starts with "boom," which is. Just it sounds worst. like TJP's music is starting. It, 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 yeah, it doesn't. It's the worst way to start a run-in ever. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we know whose music that is. Boom. <laughs> oh no, it's just bad. Bad. Oh man, uh, boy, Kalisto got killed with a power bomb. Yeah, that was interesting. I don't know what he was trying for, like a hurricane rana or something. And and uh, it, it, yeah, it's one of it's a hurricane rana that he he does. But Elias caught it, power bombed him, hit his finish. It's great. He, he had to, had to do it. Now it's a fisherman's neck breaker, and it's very good. It fits, and mm-hmm. Elias works really great with these cruiserweight wrestlers mm-hmm. that he faces. Just very, very well. I I am a fan of his work. Cena and Strowman go up at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. WWE telling everybody, go watch the football game after this, you guys. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. And we'll get to that later. I just want to say that Strowman and Cena have two of the ugliest goddamn drop kicks I've ever seen in my life. But Strowman's got a reaction. <laughs> Strowman's dropkick is allowed to be ugly if he's hitting you with 385 pounds of force. <laughs> like exactly, it's, it's effective even if it's ugly. Cena took a step forward when he knew Strowman was coming, running right at him in the corner. I don't know why he do- he did that. He does little things like that that he knows are going to look bad. But Strowman was like, "You're not making me look bad," and just ran full speed into him. And what happens when you do that? When you step out of the corner. It causes like a ricochet, basically. You, you get hit, you go into the corner, then you bounce right back onto the person, and if their momentum is still going forward, it causes a situation where you bounce back and forth way more than your body needs to, way more than your brain needs to. 
as opposed to if you're in the corner and it's all one compressed motion. That's a much safer way of doing it. Braun Strowman didn't care. I mean, John Cena apparently didn't care, so Braun Strowman sure as hell didn't care. Yep. Also, Strowman keeps heading to his arsenal every single week. I love it. Just he's, little things. He's brilliant. Yeah. Like, we didn't even talk about this. About at the end, after he stood tall over Brock, literally picked up the Universal Champion Championship belt, held it over his head, and put his foot on Brock's chest. Like he's yeah, he's just and Brock sold that. He Brock sold, sold. He sold. Brock sold. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was really good. Uh, this was nowhere near as good as Jordan and Reigns, but it was Strowman looking good. It was them having the match they needed. Strowman rolls out of the ring after an AA. It hits Cena in the face with stairs. Why isn't that a DQ, Alex? Uh, I don't know. Somebody was saying that when they decide it's not, it's legal to hit somebody with a foreign object on the outside of the ring, but not on the inside of the ring. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've, I've seen that happen before, but I, but it, you're right. Sometimes somebody gets hit on the outside of the ring and it's a DQ. Sometimes it's not. Like I, I think it'd be cool if they were like, well, the ref doesn't want to DQ Strowman because he's afraid of him. They could say that. I don't know. Um, you mentioned the AA. I love Cena's bit that he does where he struggles to get dudes who are slightly bigger than him, too much larger <laughs> than him, onto his shoulders. Like, he struggled with, with Baron Corbin several times. Yeah. And then I, all I had to do was go into Twitter and Google and, and, and search GIFs, Big Show John Cena. And the first one that comes up, is John Cena AAing Big Show with ease? And this is back when Big Show was a big dude. Yeah, and I'm like, like, are they just forgetting that like John Cena, who's still like power clean, 600 pounds or whatever, and post that all over social media? They, they believe that he can't lift up a dude who's not nearly that much weight. Um, that's fine. Um, the, the 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 steps to the face. I was just like, that's not a DQ. Okay. But then doing it onto the steps in the ring, that's a DQ. Um, that was fine. It was a weird thing if to me. Anything, if you're going by history, throwing somebody into the stairs hasn't always been a DQ. I don't know. The, the rules are foggy. Yeah. That's why I'm telling you, if they made an actual honest to God rule I know. book, I know. And they followed it for one, that would probably help out their stories, but but also sell like crazy. I thought it was interesting that they had. I loved it. I, I'm. I was happy that Braun won, um, but to, to win in such dominating fashion over John Cena when John Cena has a match in two weeks against Roman Reigns that we're all supposed to like think he's got a good, a really good shot. It, it's interesting the hierarchy that they're they're pr- 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 presenting to us that Braun Strowman is way above John Cena, struggles with with Roman Reigns, and is also better than currently. Brock Lesnar. Like, it's this interesting hierarchy they're presenting here that Cena does not stand a chance against uh, Roman against Braun Strowman, but we believe he does against Roman Reigns, who has beaten Braun Strowman before. Like, well, I mean, that's always, that's always the way they like to portray things, is that John Cena doesn't have a chance. Yeah, I know. He's the ultimate underdog. Yeah. Enzo Amore defeated The Miz with The Miz Tourage via DQ, but there was there was nothing victorious about this entire situation for Enzo Amore. Miz comes out for Miz TV and announces that he and Maurice are having a child. Congrats or congratulations to them. That's cool. You know what? Yeah. He's the type of guy that I'm sure 
will want his kid to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> yes. He certainly wouldn't actively discourage it. Yeah. Um, like a lot of these guys. Um, I thought it was really, really honestly sweet the way that they announced it. Like we wanted yeah, to very. do it with you guys because we met here in front of the WWE universe really. And uh, we wanted to share this moment with all of you, which is a really sweet and baby face thing. And then he's gives it. Alex, he's about I didn't to... see, I didn't see one damn heel thing out of this entire segment from the Miz. No, none, none. Like he's totally gotten over with the crowd and they're just letting him go. Like, fine. Sorry. <laughs> you, you, you trash my wife and baby mama and yeah. my goons beat you up. That's on you homeboy. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, but okay. So I thought it was great. The crowd reacted very respectfully. I thought that was, that was good. Well, for a while they did. For a while. Enzo comes out and Miz goes off on him for getting kicked off of buses out of the locker room. And, you know, you did have those same people. Oh, they want to be edgy. (laughs) No, this is good shit. People know about it. People know about it. It's being talked about in every interview in which has anything to do with Enzo Amore. It's being talked about on WWE programming elsewhere. And Miz goes off on him. And he doesn't bury Enzo Amore. Miz very much like, I'm going to ask about it. And I guarantee you, this is a guarantee from your boy. Somebody's going to be like, yeah, they sent him out there to have the Ric Flair Carlito talk. That's what they did. Because boy, did Miz crap on him. But didn't crap on him. By burying him, he's like, I see a lot in you. But there was nowhere else for you to go. That's why you're on 205 Live. And in this place where there's nowhere else for you to go, you have to keep up with Neville. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Every He was telling truths. Like, that was just basically this whole thing was him telling truths. And what I loved about it was that it was the Miz who knows of what he speaks. The Miz, who ten years ago got kicked out of locker rooms and stuff, like, like this is a guy who understands what it is, and you know, like, I mean, just the idea of where you think about what Enzo is now and how much trouble his mouth is getting him into and his behavior and what he's doing. Can you imagine him cutting this promo to some young guy ten years from now? Because I can't, but who knows? Nobody could have pictured the Miz being this ten years ago. You know, it's an interesting, yeah. like, uh, you know, way of looking at things. It was a funny parallel. Like, Miz was talking to himself 10 years ago. John Cena was talking to himself 12 years ago on yeah. this show. Enzo says that Miz copies everyone. I mean, maybe in, like, small aspects. The figure four, that's really it. Other than that, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I thought it was great the way that Miz put over the cruiserweights in this, too. Like, didn't talk down to them. Miz is just that obnoxious dude who just says what needs to be said. And I like that. It works for him. Yeah. They had a match. (laughs) They took the mic. It was the best possible match they could have had. They each grabbed the mic and were talking trash to each other on the mic, Alex. Very house show. Like, sometimes you hear about how guys will do this during commercial breaks they'll get on the mic and talk trash to like just extend the thing without actually doing any, any real work during the commercial breaks. And for a second, I thought, does Enzo think they're in a break right now when he walked over and got on the mic? Like, yeah. did he think the commercial's still going? Um, and so I, I, um, 
I thought this was all very interesting to, to allow them to continue this war of words throughout the match. Um, uh, and of course, you know, Enzo takes things one step too far. Um, and, you know, does the, you know, the question you should be asking is you should be asking your baby, who's your daddy? Um, and again, pot calling kettle black. Anyone's going to be talking about cheating. It's going to be Enzo. Really? Um, so, so there was oh, that, God. but the problem with, with whole, this whole thing is that he gets the crowd chanting to Miz, who's your daddy. And like, when I say it, well, like I'm watching this thing and I'm going, there's no way Miz is not the baby face in this promo. And yet the crowd has yeah. decided, no, no, no. Enzo's the guy we like, we like him. We're going to chant the thing that he says. And well then, okay. Now I've lost fight faith in you, crowd. You can't discern who the good guy is in this feud. The dude who just comes out throwing out. Yeah, it was it Felix. Was very odd. Felix on the YouTube chat. By the way, guys, send us comments, questions, anything like that over on YouTube. That's a good point. He said, "I kind of feel bad for Enzo sometimes." Then he says something stupid, and I'm like, "Why?" I agree. There was like the line where he said, "Yeah, it's that's true. I don't have many friends," and I was like, "Man, that that sucks." He like, sold that line really well. His voice cracked. He's, he's His great at it. His eyes looked watery. Like, that was yeah. really, really good. Um, this all He's course, over, man. man. That's what it boils down to. The dude is over. And as much as we say WWE told us to turn to football after Strowman and Cena, not really because Enzo does numbers, and he does consistent numbers. Yeah. And he's a guy that they are leaning on now. If, whether anybody wants to believe that or not, that's I've been told that the numbers reflect that. Like that's just the case, man. Yeah, um, I, I, I was weird when I when when he said that line, and Miz flipped out on him. I was like, well, now I just like sick sick your dogs on him, and of course he does. Bo and Curtis beat him up, and he gives him the. The, he gives an unconscious Enzo the, the skull-crushing finale. Oh, they kicked the living shit out of him. Bo Dallas took his big white ass and ran it right into his face. <laughs> it was, that was a beatdown. It was a beatdown. Beat they, they gave Enzo a good goon-style beatdown. Yeah, it was good. And, of course, it all, it all leads to backstage Enzo like, coughing a lot. <laughs> uh, that was a weird sell, the coughing. But uh, but he he like he had tuberculosis, not not a concussion, and uh, and he goes back there. He caught and Bo, Bo Dallas's ass. That's true. He caught tuberculosis <laughs> from Bo Dallas's ass. Neville's back there, and Neville just stands there, but doesn't really look at him, and then just starts cackling to himself. And and here's the thing: I love Neville. He should laugh at Enzo. Enzo does have no chance. But this is the WWE, and years of watching it have made me look at this promo and go, oh, my God, they're setting up Enzo to win this shit. Because a guy who is is told over and over again, you have no chance, and the heel laughs at him all the time, that guy's definitely winning that match. And so I'm like, oh, no. What 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 story are we telling here? Is this the redemption of Enzo Amore? Uh, I don't know. Guys, quick plug for this week. Listen, your boy, Wednesday before I head out to Orlando. Uh, Holy Smokes MMA podcast tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk about Ray Borg going off on me. We'll talk about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, his future plans. We'll preview UFC Pittsburgh. 
talking to a PED expert about the John Jones situation. Uh, we're going to recap UFC 215, some of the happenings that went down there. If you haven't checked out some of the headlines over at Fightful.com, we, of course, had the news on Oscar's debut. Chris Jericho talking about Conor McGregor's size, how it will affect him in WWE. Bobby Roode's farewell. Eric Bischoff talking about Sexy Star. We'll also have one on DJZ. And uh, what he saw as Rosemary and Sexy Star came through the curtain at that show. I have a feature where uh, I wrote about Sasha Banks' comment on Stalker fans. Joe Coff talking about New Japan and the USA. Uh, I also had some information yesterday. I revealed that that Ronda Rousey photo that was posted on her photographer's page, that was from the Santino Brothers Wrestling School where she trains or trained under Brian Kendrick. That photo is probably about five, six weeks old. It was before I even broke the news that Ronda Rousey was going to be wrestling. AJ Styles showed up at an indie event this weekend. We have the Styles-Rollins. Madden rematch, no spoilers, guys. And as we mentioned, Liv Morgan insinuating that Enzo may have cheated on her. That little ditty. All that and more at Fightful.com. Also, uh, the the betting odds for Dancing with Stars are out. Yeah. And they are not treating Nikki Bella with a lot of respect. She has the second worst odds of anybody on the show. Oh, my dude, Nick Lachey from Cincinnati. <laughs> We're about to take that title. Nick Lachey at four to one odds. That's a sucker's bet. You got to go with Nikki Bella at 12 to one. Like, she's, a, she's an athlete. She could take this thing. I'm telling you, put down 50 well, bucks. Here's on. the thing, man. Like, Paige Van Zant from the UFC probably should have won that, but she yeah. didn't. I, I don't know a whole lot about Dancing with the Stars, and I'll probably get angry tweets about this, but it seems to be very much a popularity contest. Yeah, well. Especially towards the end. I was thinking that maybe Vince might, you know, pay somebody to, to go down there and have a talking with uh, Nick Lachey to see if he might throw something. <laughs> also, I'm going to have to assign you. I'm not going to assign you the Crisley thing, Alex. But I saw I, I saw a post on Reddit where they pointed out a couple of lyrics in Bo- uh, Billy Kidman's old theme song. Definitely about date rape. Oh, that's not good. Definitely <laughs> about date rape. Oh, that's not good. Let me... Let me just read some of these lyrics. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let me read some of these Billy Kimmon First off, the song is called You Can Run. No. <laughs> and No. Yes. But I don't have it all. I'm a lunatic. Because see, society, they label me as a threat. But I'm just getting started and I'm not finished yet. Look me in my eyes. I can see your thoughts. All your ups and downs, all your little uh, faults. Keep acting tough. It's going to get creepy. All of a sudden, you're starting to feel sleepy. No. But but in the streets, when you doze off, you wake up with your clothes off. Ah! Ashamed, feeling so lost. Whoa. You see my crew. You know my style. Victory is mine. You're going down. Uh, Who's going down, Billy? Who? I don't know. Uh, You're doing a story on that, my friend. Good. I can't wait. Shout outs to, we got to credit the person on uh, Reddit Squared Circle who posted, who brought that to light because, yeah, I would have never been looking up Billy Kidman's lyrics otherwise. Yeah. Like, like on podcast, y'all. 
Who wrote that? Who wrote that? Is, it, is, it, um, is that a Jim Johnston special? I hope not. Oh, man. I like it'd be even worse if it was. Let's see. It was Lordakim Allah composed by Jim Johnston. Well, I don't know who Lordakim Allah is, but I'm not going to be shocked if I find out the dude is incarcerated right yeah. now. Yeah. He's, he's doing a nickel upstate. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is in Rikers right now. Probably. Oh. Oh. Um, like you know, he's got that talking to. Yeah. As I as I said the other night on the Holy Smokes podcast, Elliot Stabler pulled up the chair, turned it backwards, <laughs> sat down, and interrogated this guy. Like, there's no way he didn't. You know, <sighs> okay, you know, Lord Kim, we found the lyrics to the song. <laughs> I gotta interview him. I gotta interview him. Hardy Boys, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose defeat Cesaro, Sheamus, and the Good Brothers. I liked all eight guys involved in this match, but this is not the way you go up against the first Monday of the football season. The crowd is hot as Jeff Hardy flies over the top rope before our last commercial. Graves refers to Gallows as having well-educated feet, which is a description I would never use for Gallows. Not much of a point to this match. My only other note was Ambrose has the power to back body drop a guy over the top rope, but not to make a tag. Baby faces win. Cesaro and Sheamus duck out. This was pointless. Um, the well-educated th- feet thing is um, it's it's used too often to describe big boots, and big boots are not educated. They've got like they've dropped out of school in the sixth grade. You you lift your foot <laughs> up. That's what a big boot is. Like it's not like the guy went to Taekwondo for three years. This guy's yeah. it's not no. It's not educated. Um, this. Match was utterly pointless. Um, the the thing, uh, the only thing I liked about it was the setup, where Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins they go into Angle's office in Angle's only appearance of the night. By the way, that's a waste. Kurt Angle should make three or four appearances a night. He's gold, yeah. and uh, he's like, I can't put you in this match. I'm, if I'm Angle, I'm pissy that they even bring me for oh, this. No, like, why why are you flying me into Anaheim, like to do this anyway? Uh, he's like, oh, you guys got to find tag team partners. And Ambrose is like, we're going to go to Disneyland and get Mickey Mouse and Batman. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, excuse me, Dean. Uh, I just want you know that Batman is not at Disneyland because he is DC and not Marvel. Marvel is the company of DC, the Disney, and not DC. Like, it was this weird thing that they just threw that out there. And then Angle's like, um, uh, Batman would be a great tag team partner. And now I need to see Dean Ambrose dressed up as Batman. Um, yeah. When they said they had to find a, another tag team to partner with them, I thought to myself, the only option is the, is the Hardy Boys. Why are they making this a big secret? And then I was yeah. like, oh, wait. Matt posted on Instagram a photo of him on Easter Island. And I know yeah, but Matt's a great to- troll. Matt, Matt is a pound-for-pound pound top fantastic. five troll. He's fantastic. But, he, but I was like, oh, I know they're on their way to Australia. They're on the Australia tour. Did did Matt get off early to go with the family to Easter Island on his way to Australia? And, ooh, are they going to debut somebody? Is it going to be Slater and Rhino? Nope, it's just going to be the people we already know it's going to be. Because the tag division on Raw consists of four teams, and that's it. Occasionally, 
Slater and Rhino might show up on main event, but that's it. Like they need more tag teams. Without without revival there. Dash Wilder is losing in singles action on mon- on on main event. I would have and Dash Wilder try to fit in somewhere. Make that his storyline. He should make but, that make that his deal. Uh, you guys can fit in with us by wearing the Fightful t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com slash Fightful. Head over there. Hey, if you want to buy a catch wrestling shirt tomorrow after you see Shayna Baszler doing some catch wrestling, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Ross Sapp. Also, tomorrow night, right after the May Young Classic, you boys are going to be here talking SmackDown, talking May Young Classic, talking whatever red carpet deal they're doing first. But I want you all to head over to Fightful.com, register. It's absolutely free, and you get access to those forums. We want to talk to you guys. We want to interact with you guys. We want you all commenting like crazy on these YouTube videos, uh, either the live chat or after they go up. Also, the stories themselves. If you all have questions like how to, like what's going to happen, I'll do some digging around. I'll nag some people at WWE if you have specialized questions. I'll find out what I can find out. That's what we're here for. So join us over at Fightful.com. Alex, tell the people where they can follow you on social media. You can follow me at Pulowski the Fourth. Uh, I guess look for a, sh- a story I'm going to write about date rape lyrics. Hell yeah, you are. Yeah, I guess so. Be sure I, could? I didn't have to do the Chrisley one instead. <laughs> you want to do this one? Trust me, trust me. You want to do this one because if you hear him talk about yoga. I don't care about downward dog, upward dog, or up the dog's ass. Chrisley has two shows. He's got two shows on the on the USA Network. They should call it the Grizzly Network. Oh, it's bad. Guys, join us tomorrow. Fightful.com. I want to thank you all so much uh, for all the support you all have given us. Uh, millions and millions of downloads on the Fightful.com podcast through our first, uh, what is it, 14 months. So I want to thank you for that. We hit a milestone this week. So, again, much appreciated, guys. Follow me at Sean Rothstadt. Follow us at Fightful Online, and of course, visit Fightful.com. Come over there. Take part in the live discussions. We want to hear from you on the forums, live discussion, and the stories. Until next time, guys, we're out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.